What's up? And welcome to Espresso with Erin and Sarit, the show where you go to gain the confidence and self-empowerment that you need to live your best and most authentic life. Tough love conversations to reveal the simple truths that will transform your relationships, your body, and your bank account. We are your hosts. I'm Erin. And I'm Sarit. And we are on a mission to transform the lives of millions through the same fitness, nutrition, lifestyle, and financial habits that have transformed ours. If you were watching Espresso, you may remember my Kung Fu Ninja skills with the towel and all the mosquitoes we have here. Well, some members of the community got really clever, and I am proud to display to you the um. Apparently this keeps the mosquitoes away, but so far it hasn't worked. I'm still just very hopeful. And it smells like incense, so why not? So we love to, be shit. to pretend that we're up on the Himalayas when we work out. <laughs> I did get one of those nets, though, we're going to put up. Goodness yeah, gracious. The, the Florida mosquitoes just have ridiculous mutations that, uh, you know. The only thing that is stronger than the coronavirus is the Florida mosquitoes. Oh, All right. Uh, but you guys, today we're not talking about any of that. We're going to be talking about barbell front squats. So as we talked about at the beginning of July, squats, um, all, all Monday videos this month are going to be with relation to squats to just help you guys get uh, greater insight with regards to all things squats related so that you can squat more and you can squat better so that you can have a better booty and body and live more functionally because that's the name of the game. All right, so a couple of things we're going to be talking about today. Um, I feel like we're in a burn zone workout, but we're going we're to begin by going over some prerequisites. Okay, so when it comes to, you know, doing squats with a heavier load, aka a barbell, right? One of the benefits of the barbell is that you can put a greater load on the bar than obviously with a dumbbell or a kettlebell, right? With that, the load can be great, but what you see is what you get. You can't add an additional load to that. Um, so... Knowing that, one of the things that we want to make sure is that, of course, like before doing a weighted front squat, like we want to know how to do a weighted back squat, okay? Because the front squat is a slightly more complex variation of the squat than the back squat, okay? Because there is certain things that it incorporates in addition to what the back squat does. And therefore, like you wanna make sure that you practice the barbell back squats before you do a front squat for the first time. Now, Aaron's already getting the barbell 
set up, but when you are doing a front squat, the weight is now not resting directly on your back. It's okay. resting on your? It is resting on your front rib. Okay, so some of the things that are required here is some level of mobility when it comes to your wrists and, and your shoulders. Flexibility with regards to your lats. Okay, because the higher that you can keep your elbows up, obviously the more stable your front track is going to be. Because one of the limiting factors of the front squat is your ability to hold the front rack position, Keep right? So like, let's say if your mobility is like, let's say, you know, your front rack mobility is really poor, then how are you going to be able to put a heavy load without, like for one, how are you going to be able to hold it? For two, how are you going to do that without hurting yourself? Because you're, let's say if you're right here, then what's going to end up happening is that your low back is going to be right here, right? So like, we want to make versus, sure that you're- Versus up right, here. Right, versus up here. Okay, so that will make more sense when we get to the bar. Right. Um, so let's actually get to the bar and show them basically like what a front. Yeah, we'll go to the bar and we're going to go over the benefits, modifications, how tos, and common mistakes. Um, and those are better things to show you. Yeah. Movement model. I need this. Um machine right now. Um machine. Shout out to Liz Martini and Trisha Weeks for providing us with the fancy um machine. Um machine. Um machine. Okay. All right. Happy Monday, you guys. All right. So let's begin by going over front rack mobility prerequisites. Let's do. Let's do do's versus don'ts with regards to what your front rack should look like. Do not wear flip-flops. Hello, Samantha Fox. Do wear either barefoot or some flat shoes or some lifting shoes, which are very special shoes that look like this. They kind of look like football cleats. With the heel. Without the spikes. Yeah, with a heel. But anyways, those are not necessary. Some girls wear high heels, other wear Olympic lifting shoes. <laughs> Can you see your feet here? You want your feet? I want to make sure the old machine is not blocking. No, no, nobody okay. can see the old machine. Okay, great. What am I doing, coach? All right, so let's show them what does a front rack position actually look like with the barbell. Turn around and face them. So do you guys see where Aaron's elbows are? Like literally all the way up. So you could be limited by a couple of things. If your lats are super duper tight, what's going to happen is that you won't, yeah, you'll be right here, okay? That will bring you on your toes, that will make you arch your back. Um, you know, if your wrist mobility is, compromised and you're just going to be holding the barbell really weird and you're probably going to do everything that you can to hope that the bar is not going to fall straight in front of you. The good news if it falls straight in front of you is that, well, you can see everything so you can fully control it. <laughs> um, so that being said, let's go over wrist mobility and lat mobility exercises for anybody who could be limited there because 
if you cannot put the bar in an optimal position, then you are limited from doing front squats, okay? Because to the, the degree that you can hold the front rack is the degree that you're gonna be able to do the movement in and of itself. So, um, wrist mobility exercises. Let's get down to the floor real quick. Drop it, drop it low, girl. Do you need help? No. You're gonna break things. Why? Arm twist. And it loosens oh. it up. Wow, look at all this earthquake wow. you can do. Wow. All right, so this is a demonstration of an exercise that can help you increase the range of motion in your wrists. So basically, Aaron's gonna use the force of the static floor to help stretch out your wrists. So Aaron, what are you gonna do here? I'm gonna turn my fingers to point backwards and I'm gonna push my palms to the floor and then I'm gonna lean, I'm gonna lean back. So this gets this inside part of your arm. And then what you can also do is this opposite side, which is gonna get some stretch in here. If somebody's wrists don't do this, it's because there's a tightness in the forearm or even in the hand that doesn't allow for the wrist to come back like that. So the wrists are gonna be the first one. We wanna stretch out the muscles in the forearm. Yeah, so what we'd recommend is that you do two rounds of 30 seconds each side, okay? 30 seconds facing forward, 30 seconds facing backwards. Do that two times and that could be your wrist exercise, okay? Um, if he, down and then falls yeah, so that is a wrist mobility exercise. Now for a lat stretch, um, we can show them the half kneeling banded lat stretch. Now, if your wrists are okay, but you're like, why are my elbows all the way down to the floor? That's because your lats are super tight and we need to stretch them out. Um, okay, hold on you guys, I'm learning. All right, so see Aaron's arm in relation to the pull-up bar. So you tie up a monster band um, on the pull-up bar. You're going to pull the band out. You're going to reach your hand through with your palm facing forward. And then you're going to grab onto the band. Okay? Here, palm is facing forward. Hand goes through. Grab the band. Whee! From here... You're gonna get some tension on the band and you're gonna bend at the hips or at the waist and you're gonna let that band, the tension on that band, just kind of pull that arm forward. I'll do this side so you can see better. So Aaron's gonna feel that stretch all the way here and all the way here. You can even twist, if you twist, um, your torso into the direction that um, of the arm that the band is on, you're going to feel it even deeper down lower in your lap. Yeah. 
So what you'll want to do here is you'll want to do 30 seconds each side for a total of two sets, okay? So that is your prerequisite, okay, from a mobility standpoint. Um, from a movement standpoint, you want to make sure that you've done a barbell back squat before you've done a barbell front squat. Once you've done these, then you're like, all right, well, I'm going to give it a shot. Um, now... The beauty of training is that when it comes to a more advanced movement of the same movement, aka whether when it comes to the squats, whether we're talking about back squats, front squats, overhead squats, all the principles and the cues are the same. So whatever we talked about footwork with regards to the back squat applies for the front squat. Whatever we talked about with regards to hip positioning applies the same thing here, okay? So all things squat related apply the same. For as long as you have those three prerequisites, then you can go ahead and you can try the barbell front squat. So the only time that doesn't apply is if the word sumo is in front of the squat. Sumo yeah. something, deadlift, squat, whatever, the stance is different, as you can imagine. Sumo stance. Yeah. Not here, not now. Not here, not okay. now. All right. So also, how? What? Where do I have the bar? How high is the bar? How low is the bar? You want the bar to be low enough to where when you when you're fully standing up, it's not going to hit the J hook. Okay, but you don't want it so low that you're having to pick it up from here. Okay, so if that makes sense. When you stand by the bar, you want it to be underneath your collarbone, but not like way down here. That makes sense? So for demonstration, Coach Eldub and myself will probably not ever want to use the same squat rack for any form of squat because I will be going up on my toes way too aggressively and that will be dangerous and she will be going way down low to get to the bar. Okay. Um, shout out to Coach Eldub. So to unrack the barbell, same as what we did with the back squats, you're going to get underneath it in your squat position as though you're squatting it and you should just have to stand straight up before you take your steps back. So hand position, same as a back squat. Um, for most women, we're gonna measure one thumb distance from where that narrowing starts, so that grippy part on the bar. You're gonna grab it. Now with the front squat, you're not gonna grab the bar like this. It's gonna be in your fingertips, sitting here basically so it's not choking you out. But it's gonna be resting on your shoulders, okay? So we're gonna come here, I'm gonna let my fingers loose, but I've got my elbows high and I'm in this squat position. I'm not picking it up from back here. Oh gosh. <laughs> I don't know how you would, but we're gonna get the feet square and then we just have to stand. And then you should be able to take one, two steps back. From yep. here, everything is the same as the back squat, the, the weight is just loaded differently, so you're gonna use your muscles differently than you would in a back squat, and your torso is gonna be a little bit more upright than it will, or perpendicular to the floor than it will with a back squat. Yeah, so I've got my feet all the way on the floor, hip to shoulder width apart, maybe slightly turned out, just depending on what's comfortable for you, and we squat. 
Okay. You notice the elbows should stay forward. Nothing should drop. Something that will naturally happen as the weight gets heavier is because there is obviously more of a gravitational resistance on your elbows. It will bring your elbows down and that's why you actively have to press your elbows all the way up to the sky. Okay, that's why a cue that you hear very often in the training world when somebody lifts heavy on front squats is elbows, elbows, elbows. You hear uh -huh. elbows, elbows because that, that cue, when you get to the bottom, if you drive your elbows up, it keeps your torso upright. If you don't drive your elbows up, it's very likely that you'll start rounding your back and your form will get really crappy. Yeah. Samantha Fox, the weight of our bar is 35 pounds. We use a female bar with regards to more insight on just barbell information. Go to the, I think last week's and two weeks ago's episodes. We talked about all things logistical. Um, all right, so how to's and common Let's mistakes. Let's talk about modifications. Modifications for a front squat. I would just use a medicine ball. This is different though, because obviously your elbows are not going to be up, but the weight is front loaded. You can use a medicine ball, you can use a kettlebell, you can use a dumbbell. Here's our medicine ball front squats. We can do Dumbbell, kettlebell. You can do dumbbell front squats. You can hold it here. You can do goblet. Um, the, the kettlebell front squat is called a goblet squat. So if you ever see goblet, or just here. But none of these are the same as the barbell. Yeah. So it's a very different stimulus. So the goal as you continue to progress with your training is that you transition to barbell because you're going to be able to do a heavier load and obviously that's going to allow you to get stronger it's going to obviously like the greater the load the more of a weight bearing and exercises the greater it is for your muscles bones joints tendons that sort of thing obviously with the exception that unless you got some kind of um you know prescription from your pt to not do it then you can disregard this so also with the like, if you're having trouble with the barbell front squat, you can also make a different object more difficult if you use one in each arm. That's right. Yeah. Um, but common mistakes made on the barbell front squat mainly are somebody's trying to grip the bar all the way with their fist. So they're, they're unable to get, like, if I hold onto the bar all the way, I have good shoulder mobility, so I can still get my elbows up pretty high, but I'm using so much energy to hang onto the bar and try to push my elbows up and probably compromising what's happening with my back versus if I, if I were to just hold the bar here. Your fingers are, are meant to keep the bar from just like going into your throat, right? So you're just, you're maintaining the position here. Having your elbows up simply keeps the barbell on your shoulders. Yeah. If I were to do front squats like this, oh, can I do front squats like this? Probably not very heavy because you have no control of what the bar is doing on your shoulders. When you've got your hands under here, 
You have control. I've got full control. It's not going to wiggle off of me of what I'm doing. The other uh, mistakes that happen in a front squat, can you please stop doing that machine? That would be great. Thank you. Um, the other thing that happens is, like we already talked about, the elbows drop. And when the elbows drop, there's this fight. And you're like, ah, ah, ah. And it's just not a pretty, it's not a pretty sight. It's not a pretty feeling. It's not. At that point, just drop the bar in front of you and just ditch the lift. Yeah. Um. Yoo -hoo. One way that you can tell wow. that you are ready to do the front squat, can, can we talk about like the Frankenstein PVC type squat? So like, if you can basically do it like the, like the front squat like this. Is that real though? Is that true? Well, aside from the elbow and last squat. So well, like, that, that's everything, no? What? Well, that's that's how you practice it. Like before you get to the barbell, like a great way to practice it is if, if you basically do like a Frankenstein squat, like you want to keep your hands up here, and then just basically like squat all the way down and then just go back up. But what does that do? I'm confused. It just it helps to create the stimulus for the front squat. Do you remember in the book Squat Bible, he talks about it. Oh, okay. Frankenstein squat. Sure. Um, that is not going to replace, though, like the mobility in your shoulders and wrists. No, it's not. It's not. Okay. So there was something else that I wanted to bring about with regards to front When you just had a neighbor move in and they think it's a good idea to table saw in their garage during your oh. espresso, don't they know? They should be watching. So... <laughs> So, for anybody, who is in the underground training club? Let, let me see you drop a flex. Um, you guys have probably experienced that before, but... This is not... Normally, your front squat is never as heavy as your back squat. And the reason why that is the case is because when there is an indirect load on your body, right? Like when you're doing a back squat, the the weight of the barbell or whatever you load it up is directly on your back, right? So that means that you have more support. You have a lot more support. Right? With the front squat, because the load is indirectly on your body, right? Basically, like you are creating the rack. It requires a lot more core strength. Yeah, there's a couple of other things. The core strength, the amount of energy that you're using to get, keep the bar on your shoulders, and also the, the muscle muscles. recruitment. Yeah. And I the mean, the, the levers contribute to the muscle recruitment. Right? Yeah. yeah. So let's talk about that. Yeah, so the levers are different, meaning like the position of your, like the angle of your torso is different. When you're in a back squat, your torso is going to be more leaning forward. When you're in a front squat, it's going to be more upright. Because if you lean forward, that bar is going to come off your shoulders. So your torso is more upright. Also, when the weight is on your front, you've got to lean back more to keep your, your weight centered and your weight balanced. 
when it's on your back, there's this thing called bar path. Mm -hmm. And when you squat, the idea is for the bar to literally go straight up and down in a straight line. Same thing with the front squat. The straighter down and up the bar goes without variation from that straight line, the more power and control you have to get that weight up. So now in a front squat, you've got to lean back to counterbalance the weight that's in front of you. So that's what creates an upright torso. When you're when the bar is on your back, you've got to lean forward more to keep that bar path straight and counterbalance the weight that's on your back. So when that happens, you're recruiting then different muscles, quads, glutes, hamstrings specifically to get the weight up, that those muscles in like their synergistic movement aren't as strong as where you would be with an ab squat. Yeah. Yeah. And also, you know, just from the positioning of the bar and where it is in relation to your body, when you're doing a back squat, you so look, they're both a knee dominant exercise. Okay. In the sense that, you know, you, your knees are heavily involved in the movement. However, when you're doing a back squat, your hip joint takes a way greater load than the knees, while in the front squats, your knees take a way greater load in relation to your hips. And obviously, like if you were, if, if you were to choose, if you were to just look at your body right now, like if you were to look down, which is a bigger joint, the hip or the knee? Which do you think has more power and force and stability behind it, the knee or the hip? The hip. So that that's why, like. You know, for any any of you guys who've been in more than one strength cycle in the in the underground training club, like let's say if you were to do like a three rep for your front squat and a three rep for your back squat, you may have wondered, oh, how come my front squat numbers are way different than my back squat? Well, that's because of the levers. That's because of the motor unit recruitment and that sort of thing. And that's why, you know, it is really important that you do different forms of squats because it puts a completely different stimulus on your body. So I bet that one question that you guys are probably asking, well, tell me, Suri, which is better, the back squat or the front squat? Well, the yes. reality is that you want to do it all. You want to do both. Because they provide different stimulus, right? And... You know, like if you think about the word fitness, it is basically what it means is how fast can you adapt to external stimulus? So if you train your body and, you know, like more movements with more modalities, do you think that your level of adaptation is going to increase? Absolutely. Therefore, it is equally as important to do front squats as it is back squats. Okay, and that's why we're really making sure that we're like, you know, taking a deep dive with regards to any of each any of these movements because it's not like, oh, this is better than that. It's like, no, you need to do it all. If you think about the word fit in regards to like fitness, are you fit to do something? How fit are you to front squat? How fit are you to back squat? Mm -hmm. If you can't, you're not, if like, if, if you've got mobility issues or things, you're not fit enough to do a certain movement. Yeah. Does that mean you're a terrible person? No, but just logically in the sense of the word, like, am I fit enough 
if you have a mobility issue, an injury, or something, and you yes. can do something. If, you, if you're compromised because of your mobility, because of your strength, because of your endurance, because of, you know, like agility. Your health. Then, then you are unfit for that. Right. So the goal is to be able to do as many movements as possible because that means you are more fit. Yeah. That makes sense? Yeah. So every single movement is different. I want to make my own episode of gym fails and just literally find all the crazy shit that I can do that you like never imagined you would see in a gym just because I think it's funny. However, uh, that doesn't mean that there's a rhyme and a reason to all those things, but each movement that we do, even if it's similar, if it's done with a different piece of, if any variable changes, then that means it's different. And that means it's going to make you more fit by doing more of a variety of things because your body's been exposed to more movements and stimulus. More, more equipment, more stimulus. Yeah. So if you change any variable, the weight, like the actual load of the weight, if you change the type of weight, dumbbell, kettlebell, medicine ball, um, barbell, um, plate, um, uh, strongman bar, um, anything. If you change the, the type of equipment, if you change the sets, if you change the reps, if you change the rest period, if you change where the weight is loaded, is it overhead? Is it on my, the front of my shoulder? Is it on my back? Is it down by my side? Do I have one here and one here? One here, one here, one here. Like all of those are great. And we should do each of them because that makes us more fit to do a bigger variety of things. Yeah. Um, you know, and I'm sure that all of you guys watching this are, you know, like at different points in your fitness journey. Maybe you've done different programs, but that is why for those of you guys who have been with us since the very first burn zone and are now in the underground training club, there's a rhyme and a reason for everything because we legit progress your fitness with each of these programs and everything has a rhyme and a reason. And, you know, this is why we encourage each and every one of you guys to go through all these steps because our intention for you is to prepare you to become a fit person, you know, and that is an ever-evolving process, right? Like, we want to, pre to prepare you to be fit enough to do burn zone two. For that, you need to do burn zone one. We want to prepare you to be fit enough to do the underground training club, right? In order for you to do that, you, sh you probably need to do burns on one, two, three, four, unless you already have like all of the qualifications to get there. When you're in the underground training club, like you don't get there to just get there. Like the intention is to help you become fitter within it. And that's why we have, you know, like cycles that keep on evolving all the time because Erin is not just doing a workout to do a workout. She's doing a workout today to prepare her for the workout next month and next year and that sort of thing. And the workout of life. Yeah. Guess who people call when they need help moving their furniture? Their strong friends. Uh, who's, who's Mark Ripito said, said you know, fit people are more useful in general and are harder to kill. And it's absolutely fit, fit people. Fit people are harder to kill and mm -hmm. generally more useful. Yeah. Generally more useful. Yeah. But, you know, that, that's what makes me think of the example of like, fit friend or the person with the truck. Okay. 
Huh? Yeah, I want to share with you guys a little story that we were asked by, you know, like a friend of ours this weekend and the explanation that we gave and the reasoning for sharing with you guys this story is to encourage you if you're not current, currently following any of our training programs to do so, here's why. So this weekend we were asked, all right, like, what are you, what are your guys' thoughts about Peloton? Okay. So. My response was, from a business model standpoint, it is absolutely genius, and that's why they're crushing it, from a business model standpoint. However, from a fitness standpoint, it is inefficient because it does not create a really fit person. Like, it's, it's an okay solution for the sedentary person, but there's a huge difference between elite fitness to okay fitness to, you know, I can do like a 40 minute bike ride and I'm not saying that it doesn't get your heart rate up, but you know, like if you really take a look at what, what is elite level fitness, it's completely different than, you know, like obviously, so, you know, it's a great solution for the sedentary person overall, but it is not a solution in order to create an unfuckwithable, like just fit for life person. It just doesn't because it doesn't go through all of the training modalities, whether you like it or not, right? Like we're talking about like agility, stability, mobility, strength, power, endurance. Um, they claim to. Here's, here's what you're trying but, to say. Here's what Sarit's trying to say. If you want to be wicked fit and you want to be unfuckwithable, Peloton is probably not the best solution. But it all comes back down to intention and purpose. Yes. Why are you doing it? Peloton is great for some people. Peloton is great for people who are like, I want to do some movement and I'm happy with that. And that's it. And, or, you know, if I want to get my heart rate up a little bit or I want to experience these different kinds of, I can think of like yoga and running and different stuff now. Great. But in the case that you want to be wicked strong, Wicked fast. You want to look like a superhero. You want to look like a superhero, I guess. If you want to get leaner faster, assuming your nutrition is on point, then the Peloton classes and workouts are probably not going to be the best fit or best solution for you. That doesn't mean it's not for you. If you're in our community, then chances are that's probably not going to be the best solution for you because you're here for a different reason. Yeah. But now that that's not to say that like. Peloton isn't effective. If your goal is is to get your heart rate up a little bit, if your goal is to um, do just like intentional movement and experience different modalities, then yeah. No so you know, like with whatever training program you're you're currently following, for one, it's better to follow something. Uh, Ooh, undercover Popo is here. That's weird. Maybe we're gonna get a show. It's so it's better to do something versus doing nothing. Okay, that's that's number one. Sweared. Um, but for two, you want to ask yourself, what is my intention and my purpose for doing it? Is it just to move, or is it to prepare for something in particular? Okay. 
So, like, our intention for you, if you're in our community, is to eventually get you guys to the underground training club, okay? Because, like, this is where we pursue elite level fitness. But you have to follow the steps in order for you to be prepared enough to do that, okay? Um, so, obviously, if you want to know what the qualifications are or you want more information or you're just ready to do it, um, all you got to do is just go to erinandsiri.com forward slash underground dash training. If you're not there yet, then just follow the steps of the burn zone. You get one, two, three, four. They're completely different. Look, it doesn't matter where you currently are. What matters is what is your intention? Because for as long as you're being intentional and you're being consistent, eventually, and I'm just talking about it from a fitness standpoint, right? Like, you will get there. Like, so many people get so frustrated by where they're at today. I'm like, no, dude. Like, what you need to focus on is what did you do today with the intention of whatever it is that you want to create tomorrow? That's what you need to do, okay? So, there's a couple questions. Okay. Um, uh, Samantha was asking that if, um, like you have compromised wrists. I've, I've had wrist injuries, to be honest. Um, now that I think about it, and now that it's being brought up, I had wrist problems for a, a, long, a long time. Um, and actually, I, I'm, I'm not even gonna have shame about plugging X endurance again. But until I started taking the joint and the omegas on a consistent basis, and I, now it has just dawned on me that I haven't worn wrist wraps I used to wear them every single day. It was like non-negotiable. Every workout, I would wear wrist wraps. I had issues with both my wrists. I'd be curious, actually, to know if Crystal Catalina is still having her little paw issues. She like fell and jammed her wrist in. But anyways, um, I haven't worn my wrist wraps. I have them all hanging right there, and I haven't worn them for months consistently. Maybe like on one wrist every like couple months or something, because there's some really heavy workout where the weight's above our heads and it's like just a lot of force on the wrists. Um, other than that, like handstands don't bother me, front squats don't bother me. But anyway, she's asking, can I hold the bar like this? And yes is the answer. Um, you can do whatever you'd like. The, the struggle with this is still like the balance thing mm -hmm. because the only surface area that you have for the bar to balance on is between your shoulders. There's nothing out any wider. So the wider, the more surface area you're covering on the bar, the more like stability you have with that bar. Um, if you're doing this, you know, it can tipsy-turvy and sit. Tipsy-turvy? I don't know. Really wow, know. that's a cute little statement. Is that a thing? I think I've never heard of that before, but that's cute. It might not be the right context, I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, so so there will be maybe a little evil wobble. Yeah, that's a real one. That's in the right context. Mm -hmm. um, but you can do that. You just probably wouldn't be able to go like as heavy um, as your muscular structure would allow. Like, what is the thing, what is the um, determining factor of how much weight you can lift? would end up being the position you're holding the bar in over time, not the strength in your lower body. Yeah, Samantha, here's what I would recommend if the workout that you're doing calls for strength, 
We talked about rep schemes and that sort of thing last week. If you're unclear about that, just go ahead and watch last week's episode. But if it calls for strength, which is basically like anywhere between five reps or less, then I would just recommend if you substitute it to back squat so that you can work on your squatting strength. But, you know, if it's high rep, I would recommend that you just do um, double dumbbell um, front squats or double kettlebell front yeah. rack squats. That yeah. way, you know, like this, like that's why we don't talk about it really because like th this is not going to help you execute the movement as best as possible. So therefore, either if it's high rep, dumbbell and kettlebell, if it's low rep and strength, just modify the back squats. And you guys, that being said, that does it for today's episode. If you found this episode valuable, you already know the drill. Just do us a favor and please forward it over to somebody else who would find the benefit from it, whether it's somebody who just started doing squats or maybe somebody who keeps telling you, oh, you should do it this way, you should do it that way. But meanwhile, you're like, do you really like, what makes you say that? <laughs> Um, yeah, why? Always ask why. It's a good the question. Truth is, is though, you know, we, we live in a world where, like, you go to the gym, like, every Joe Schmo is going to give you, oh, you need to do this, oh, you need to do that. But then it's like, if you ask them why, oh, because it looks better. The, like, just a sound reason. Yeah, a sound reason needs, why is a requirement. A reason for everything. So obviously, make sure that, you know, whatever advice you're getting, make sure that the person is qualified with experience and knowledge um and you guys that being said thank you so much for joining us we hope that you found today's episode valuable tomorrow's session is going to be about all things q a so danny if you can do us a huge favor and drop the form below so that you guys can answer all of your questions we will gladly answer them all right you guys it's monday time to get it make sure that you get in your workout today and that you show up for the rest of your day so that you can create momentum for the rest of your week. We will see you on this website. Bye! Thank you for listening to Espresso with Erin and Suri. On your way out, be sure to check out our website, erinandsuri.com, to keep up to date with what we have going on and maybe grab some free stuff. And if you feel so inclined, hop on over to leave us a five-star review. Wink, wink. And remember, life is more fun when you subscribe to Erin and Suri.